sports yak. Oh One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome, everybody, to episode 83 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He's just a man. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Oh, Phil. <laughs> I I figured I would get more of a better <laughs> title after another conquest oh, yeah. of the prediction realm. You want me to say the true conqueror or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. It's great to be on, though. Yeah, he's just a man, folks. He's he's nothing special. Uh, but we do have a great guest with us, besides Grant, uh, to t- chat about the Loki finale today. He's one of countless different versions of a very dangerous person. It's Jerry McMullen. He Thanks who remains is in the room tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We will have a lot to say about Loki for sure. Uh, Jerry is our resident um marvel expert i you know you may that. not I'll that, i was yeah. gonna say you may not own that or but you should i mean uh you definitely know uh you've read thousands of comics that's it's safe to say very safe to say i i i will <laughs> you own a lot i i oh with the people on this call right now i think i can safely say i'm probably pretty safe answering the comic book questions for you <laughs> yes, you are, for sure. Um, Jerry, one of the uh, three hosts of a show that I've listened to and love uh, called The Worst Comic Podcast Ever. Yep. Uh, we've had Jerry on the show a couple times before, so if you've been following our show, you've you've heard his voice before. This won't be the first time, and it won't be the last. Um, and he's been a great friend of uh, ours from not too far away. He lives up in the Kansas City area, yep. and we like to see him around uh, Planet Comic Con, which is coming up in August. A month away as we record this. Yeah. I am I'm, not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot to do uh, between now and then. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. One of the one of the fun things that you guys we'll talk more about your podcast at the end of the show as yeah. well. But one of the fun things that you guys do at Planet Comic Con, which is Kansas City's annual comic convention, mm-hmm. um, is you guys. So you, there's one of the guys on the on the show. Is it um, Colin? Colin. I, I'm getting Colin. I I, yeah. I knew I was close, but not quite right, right on it. Uh, does not live around you guys. So two of you are in the same area. Yes. But the third guy lives on the West Coast. But all three of you guys are actually in the same room together for Planet every year. We do our best. Uh, thankfully, we we actually have a sponsor for our podcast, Clint's Comments in Kansas City, and yep. that allows us to uh, do some traveling with the podcast. So. Colin can come back to Kansas City and we can travel out to Portland, Oregon and attend each other's shows. And cool. it's worked out well for us. And and quite honestly, 
we've all been staying home for the last year, so uh, yeah. we, we've got some money to spend in the account. So we might make yeah. another trip or two along the way. So as far as like travel for, for him coming from Portland to Kansas City, is that with with COVID restrictions being what they are now, is that is that difficult at all? Or um, well, we we've, we've talked about it as a group, and uh, he is actually not going to travel out for Planet this year. Yeah. Uh, sorry to rain on the on the parade here that you were going with, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I totally understand. I mean, yeah. it's a different world than it was. Yeah, yeah. We we want to give it one more year before we get everyone together. As it is, uh, the weekend of Planet is when. Uh, the third guy in our party, John, moves his daughter to college. Uh, oh, yeah. So he's going to be unable to be there. So oh, uh, no. I'm just going to be there representing the Hero Initiative. Uh, we're not necessarily going to have a podcast presence other than myself handing out business cards saying, hey, we'd love you to come on the show sometime and do an interview with us. And you can promote your project or whatever. So that's that's my game plan for Planet Comic Con next month. Yeah, well, that that is slight, in one sense sad, just because you guys are such a staple of of the comic. You guys have been doing shows there for years and years and years. Um, but at the same time, like that's actually really exciting because you get to like double down on Hero Initiative, which exactly. I know is a big deal. Yep. So, and uh, we're going to be having artist Mike McCone sitting at the Hero Initiative table this year. Um, wow. Mike is coming in, actually, truth be told, from the Portland area. Um, so I've been razzing calling about that, but it's all good. So Cool. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, Mike McCone is, where's he from? I believe he's originally from England, uh, but he's been living in the States for many years. And he's done... Okay a ton of work for both Marvel and DC over the years. Um, yeah. Does a lot of cover work. And if you follow him, like on Facebook, he does like a daily drawing and it's just beautiful to look at. I mean, he, his art looks so incredible and he makes it look so simple, but you know, he probably put hours into it each day. So I'm looking at his bibliography and you know, he's done, um, comics you've never heard of, like uh, Amazing Spider-Man and uh, Teen Titans, you know, stuff stuff that's not very very popular. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you, you really got to be into the comic world to understand those titles. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, I will. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there. We're still trying to figure out if we can do a, a podcast live there. I'll have, I have to talk to you off air about um, how we've been struggling through that a little bit. But uh, I will definitely be there no matter what. Um, I that was a huge gaping hole in my schedule last year, not going to that, and uh, it's really even delayed this year. So um, I've been waiting and waiting for a long time to go, and I, I can't wait to get up there. So, so we will see you in, in person here in about a month. Perfect. Looking forward cool. to it. Cool. Well, uh, let's get into the show. If you're just joining us for this podcast, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. And uh, wow, Loki has been all over the news. Um, it's very, very big deal. Uh, we are going to get in some t- into some news of the week before we get into the show. But just I'll say it again when we get into it. We are doing full spoilers on Loki. So uh, we're not going to spoil it for the next five or ten minutes while we cover the news. But uh, we are going to go into the ending and everything, um, all the glorious details. 
details of uh, that show. So, so you know, stick around. If you haven't seen Loki and you don't care to be spoiled, you know, listen to it. But I think you're going to want to watch the show before listening to our commentary on it. So, but before we get into Loki review, let's talk about some news of the week. Um, Jerry, uh, did you say you had something that yeah, you saw this week that there was a about? there was a story on Variety.com earlier today. Uh, movie theater owners blame Marvel's Black Widow box office collapse on Disney Plus launch. <laughs> now, apparently, um, Black Widow opened to $80 million opening weekend. Just domestically, yeah. Which is still the highest opening of any movie <laughs> in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the movie theaters are saying if it had not been on Disney Plus, that could have been closer to like $110 million. <laughs> and Percentage-wise, that's not I, that doesn't seem like a huge increase to me, but go on. <laughs> yeah, and just, just saying that it basically was irresponsible of Disney to put it out on Disney Plus, that it, it cut into their own profits because they would have taken the the bigger share of the opening weekend revenue. Don't they only to, get like... Com- no, sorry, go ahead. Compared to what what they're going to pick up from people plunking down $30 to watch it on Disney Plus right now. Right. I mean, they're, they're definitely the middleman here. That's, there's no mistake about that. I I thought that they only get like 10% of the sale or something on, during the first few weeks. Am I dreaming that? First two weeks, um, generally, yes. Yeah, so they're not making a whole lot of money the first weekend, anyways. Um, I, it's it's mostly concessions and and things of that nature. So I I don't know. What, that's kind of my general thoughts. What do you, what do you think, Grant? Well, honestly, um, I mean, they still made eighty million, exactly. and I'm 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 pretty sure uh, no movie theater wants to go against the tycoon empire that is Disney, because I mean. That would be a huge loss if Disney just said, "We'll take our, we'll take our movies elsewhere, and just uh, debut them on Disney Plus." Yeah, because that takes out a whole lot of franchises now. I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not shedding a lot of tears for the movie theaters on this one. I, I think, I think this is the world we live in. Yeah, it, it's a very fine line that they've got to walk. Um, just because I don't think Disney Plus can put everything out on premier access they they've they've got to be selective and and choose the films that will that people definitely want to see opening weekend first two weeks that those are the films that they can safely put up there and say thirty dollars please i i think that it'll be interesting to see what happens to the two other marvel movies coming out from disney later this year, Shang-Chi in September and Eternals in November. My feeling is neither one of them is going to go the premier route. I think mm-hmm. they will just be made available in theaters only and two and a half, three months after the initial review release, they'll be up on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think I... Um heard anything in fact i'm i'm seeing an article a different article right now from albeit it was a, mo- a couple of months ago but 
they're saying that yeah, it's only Shang Chi's only going to be in theaters. I, I've not seen any announcement of them bringing it to Disney Plus. Yeah, because usually you can buy the premiere access by now, especially for Shang Chi. That's true. Yeah, they, I think they put it make it available like thirty days ahead of the movie release. Okay, so, so we're still we're still a little far out. A little far out, but even at that, I don't think I don't think the demand for that movie is there yet. I think there's yeah. still a lot of education that has to go on for the general audience to um, embrace that movie. I mean, I'm I'm all in just because I'm familiar with the character and I'm familiar with Marvel Disney's track record with these movies. But for the average person, they're not going to be familiar with that character. And if you watch the previews, there is nothing in those previews that indicate that's part of the Marvel universe. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah we so um, Grant and I went to go see Black Widow in theaters, and we watched the trailer for both of the movies that you mentioned. And the um, I actually did not see the Eternals <laughs> trailer. It's I I, would, I I think that's when I went out to the restroom or something. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't so. see that one. Um, but uh, I actually still have not. I still have not yet to see that trailer. I don't even know what's in it. But the the Shang Chi trailer, I watched it, and I agree with you. I it, it just looks like a. I mean, and this isn't a slight because I, I like this genre, but it looks like a kung fu kind of yeah. you know karate kind of movie. I mean, yeah. so. it kind of looks similar to like what I mean. Uh, besides the superpowers, but uh, kind of what you're going to get with Snake Eyes as well. Exactly. That uh, we went to see. I took my daughter to see Cruella yesterday, and oh, yeah. we got a preview for both Shane Chi and for Snake Eyes. And the Snake Eyes trailer started. It's like, well, that doesn't look like Shang-Chi. And I'm (laughs) I'm sitting here for like 20 seconds before it dawns on me, oh, that's not even the Shang-Chi trailer. (laughs) Snake Eyes. Yeah, I, boy, it's, I, I, whether they are upset or not, I, I think that the, bo- the bottom line is still the same either way, that this is this is the new norm uh, for yeah. not just yeah. Disney. I mean, HBO uh, Max is, you know, taking a lot of the uh, Warner Brothers or whatever. Yeah. Paramount. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- they haven't issued a complaint about the new Space Jam movie being available on <laughs> HBO Max. How much, how much did they cut into the box office for that movie? Yeah. I think you're going to see fewer and fewer movies that are exclusive only to theaters. And if I was a, I want to be, you know, kind a little bit. Like if I was a theater owner, I, I, yes, I would be worried yeah. uh, for sure. Um, but you have, you have to know that that's been coming for a long time anyways. And COVID really, if anything, just accelerated it. Uh, so, uh, and, and honestly, I think this is much more customer friendly. Like, you know, people that have large groups of people or families or, can't safely go to the theaters still, you know, in their area or, or uh, frankly, just don't like going to the theater. (laughs) Like, I I think you're, I mean, they're going to, the, the studio in this case, Disney is going to be happy just because they're going to get more eyeballs on their projects and make more money. They made a ton of money off of black widow, 60 million plus uh, just in the opening weekend alone on Disney plus. So, you know, the studio is happy The the people like the customers, moviegoers are happy. It's really only the movie theater that hurts. And I don't want to see movie theaters go out of, out of business over this, but I, I feel like, I mean, our theater was backed. I, I feel like, yeah. I feel and like I, they're going to do just fine. And I mean, Caitlin and her brother and I just went to space jam. We went to Springfield 11 cause we didn't go to Alamo this time and Springfield 11, which is AMC 
It was just packed out. Yeah. I think you are going to start seeing fewer smaller audiences at less action heavy movies yeah. like the dramas and stuff mm-hmm. like that of the world. Cause a lot of people just don't care to see those on the big screen. There's no, there's yeah. no benefit um, for some people. I mean, some people will see anything in that theater, but some people won't. And so I think black widow, I mean, we saw this as, you know, Jerry already said the numbers were really actually really high. Like yeah, it's at records. Sure. Um, so I think those movies are going to be the safe ones it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the movies that are a little slower, quieter experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, if people don't just, you know, tune into HBO or that'll be interesting. We have jungle cruise coming up in mm-hmm. two weeks now yeah. to see what the numbers are like for that. Is that, I can't remember. Is that premiere? Mm-hmm. They're doing a premiere on yep. that one. Yeah. I, I, it's not gonna be as high as black widow. No. I, I don't think, but no. I, it's the rock. So who knows? Yeah. I, I think what will be interesting to see is the new Spider-Man movie coming out in December. Yeah. Uh, which it's Marvel characters, but it's a Sony film. Sony really doesn't have their own streaming service at this point. So there's not a place for it to be seen online. You're going to have to go to the theaters to see that. Yeah. And I, I think that the Spider-Man numbers will easily at see what Black Widow has done. And that might have been more, what we see with Spider-Man might have been a more realistic expectation of what we would have seen with Black Widow if Disney Premier Access was not an option. Yeah. Yeah, it, the numbers are going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for December. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm excited for September. I, yeah. Shang-Chi, I, I'm really pumped for that movie. So, um, yeah. We'll have to see. Grant, what's your uh, news story that you want to talk about? Well, um, I just saw this like maybe an hour before we uh, started recording, and I didn't really read into it. I just read the headline, and it said James Gunn will probably be done after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with Marvel. Wow. So um, I didn't read into it, but maybe he's just fallen in love with DC so much, Phil, that... He's no longer a Marvel man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got more than one woman to uh, to make happy these days. So, um, yeah, do you think he just never returns to Marvel? Or he, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if the number is right. I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like Disney slash Marvel can buy pretty much anybody at this point. I mean, they could buy our podcast for, I don't know, Phil, some sort of number and... <laughs> We would sell it to him. Yeah. Oh yeah, we would happily. <laughs> I I'd sell it for dinner. Uh, I I think Gunn's in a position where he can pick and choose what projects he wants to do, and my guess is they're they're probably looking at winding down Guardians of the Galaxy with the third movie. Okay. Uh, they they kind of like their trilogy of movies with the character, and right now there's probably not any property and development that has Gunn's eye that he wants mm-hmm. to attach himself to. Um, so it, to me, it's, it's a new story in that it's, it's accurate as of today in one or two years, it may not be accurate. Yeah. Right. 
it's interesting to note that they Marvel had a little bit of that falling out with him, um, cancel culture or whatever you want to call it, and then and then DC was like, hey, we'll we'll play ball, come, come over to our side, mm-hmm. and um, and then of course you know Marvel welcomed him back and said let's do Guardians three together and all that, but like. Um, uh, you know, it's it's worth noting that like DC was the one to like open their arms to him. So yeah. I don't know if that's part of it or not. Maybe it's you know maybe it's not. Maybe it's just down to the properties that he wants to direct. But. Which what does DC have to lose at this point? <laughs> they're, they're happy to get anyone to come over and give them a shot. So yeah, I mean, but James Gunn is one of the greats, right? Like as, oh, yeah. as far yeah. as like the I, you know a lot of people talk about uh, Taika Waititi. Like I mean, he's obviously. You know, he directed one of our favorite movies in, in the yeah. franchise, mm-hmm. I mean, Grant's, um, for sure. So, um, you know, he he obviously is a you know a gunslinger when it comes to directorial stuff. Yeah, because I Marvel, mean, but. both of us at least rank Guardians of the Galaxy as top 10. I mean, I'd say Guardians is probably my maybe fifth favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, he did the unthinkable. Like he took yeah. he took a band of characters that no one had, I mean, other than Jerry McMullen, no one had ever heard of. Yeah. And and made them likable, lovable, some some sometimes in some cases some pe- some people's favorite characters in the Marvel yeah, universe. For sure. Like I it's pretty amazing what he's done with that his corner of the Marvel pie. Yeah, so. I literally saw that movie for the first time 2 years ago, and now I've seen it probably like four or five times. Yeah, they owe a lot to James, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with Suicide Squad and other stuff um, yeah. that's coming up. But um, I, I yeah. think it, Suicide Squad is going to do really well, and I think it's Good. it's the right fit for James Gunn, much like with Guardians of the Galaxy. You're taking a collection of really oddball characters. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. the the main character that people are going to know in that movie is Harley Quinn. After that, the 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 level of recognition is going to drop down considerably. <laughs> so um, it, it kind of it's very liberating at that point because then you can do whatever you want with the characters. There's mm-hmm. no expectations, and you're not going in with the preconceived notion. Oh, this character has to survive until the very end of the movie. Yeah. So interesting. I want that movie to do really well. Like I I I want. I never want to root for anyone to lose, and it, DC's had a tough time of it. Um, so a couple of their movies have, have been legitimately great for me, yeah. but um, it, they've had some swinging misses too recently. And I just, with you, you get a big name like Gun on your project, and it gives me a lot of hope of, you know, could they could they knock it out of the park on this one? And I really want it to be. I, it, it just from watching the trailers, I was like, this is quirky and crazy enough that I think it could be really compelling. So, yeah. Best of luck to him, and um, we will uh, we'll take you back, James, if you want to come back and <laughs> do another Marvel thing. This, this, this doesn't have to be breakup forever. We can get the band back together. I would I I would think you'd be more likely to come back and maybe do something with that Star Wars franchise. Ooh, Ooh yeah, that would be great. So I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't really know what's next for Star Wars. They're they're being kind of hush about it. So exciting. Um, and then my uh, story of the week for uh, news of the week for the uh, Disney Plus related um, corner of the news world is the nom- the nominations for the Emmys this year have been crazy for Disney. Yeah. And in fact, and I didn't look through, I did, by the way, I did not, I, I don't really follow the Emmys that well. I, I'm more interested in it this year than any other year previously, just because we're covering a lot of these shows. But so the Mandalorian 
WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier have all been nominated. I think Loki maybe just missed the cut or whatever, but like it, they, it got, they all, all of them got nominations for this year's Emmys. And I didn't even know there were so many Emmys. Like yeah. I, I thought like I'm, I'm showing, you know, my total ignorance here, but like I legit thought there was maybe like 28 different Emmy awards or something like that. Maybe 25 at the most. There's like 40 or 50. I can't remember. I don't know what the exact number yeah. is, but um, anyway, so like these numbers will sound high if you thought that there were only like 18 or 20 like <laughs> me, but um, so the, uh, let's see the Mandalorian and the crown, which is obviously not a Disney plus show um, uh, tied with the most nominations for any show period. 24 right yeah 24 yeah. nominations each which is crazy and then let's see um yeah one division was 23 emmys 23 emmys for one division so i i i think just the number a part of the story is just the number alone is just astounding yeah. i i cannot believe the, the, we love those shows like yeah. we were glowing mm-hmm. about both of those shows I, but for it to be recognized by an academy of Emmy voters and stuff like that is, is amazing. It's, yeah. it's really showing like the power of Disney plus right now. I, you do have to look at the categories that they're getting the yeah. nominations and you know, there are a lot of small ones. You've got your A list categories and you've got your D list <laughs> categories and Mandalorian. No offense. Got a lot of the D list categories. Now <laughs> WandaVision got a lot of the A list categories with, um, actress nominations with yeah. Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen. Those, those are the ones that you want to get nominated for and recognized. And I think that, and Paul Bettany too, I think was he in, I think, I think all three of them got nominated, right? I'd have to look. I've got the list here and it's also interesting to see where a series. Yeah. He's nominated for for lead, lead actor in a limited or anthology series. Exactly. You know, they break it down by drama and comedy and it's a, like comedy musical live entertainment, I think is how they group it together. And then a limited series, yeah. your mini series or a standalone movie or something. So they put one division into the limited series category, whereas Mandalorian falls under an ongoing series category. So. Yeah, that that means much uh, later in the year this year. They, of course, the Academy Academy Awards did the same thing, but they it's not until September that they're actually going to air it. And I don't know what the cutoff was. My, my guess is Loki wasn't eligible for this year's, but um, is eligible, of course, for next year's. And absolutely, yeah. will be nominated for a, a bunch of, of awards as well. But yeah, um, my, my guess be very is happy. probably the end of May is the cutoff point because okay. that's traditionally the end of the the traditional broadcast TV season. And then okay. the, then yeah. the awards are in September at the start of the following years. Quote, yeah. traditional kickoff of the TV season. So. Yeah. Other, other shows like, um, Hamilton, or I guess that's a production, I guess, but Hamilton got, uh, 12 Emmy nom- nominations, which is really outstanding for them. Um, and and lots of other things too, but like the the one division ones, like the ones that they're nominated for, a lot of them aren't surprising. Like they're being nominated for like costume design and set mm-hmm. design, like a lot of the smaller ones like that 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 makes sense. So definitely, yeah. it's, yeah. it's uh, interesting to see Hamilton get both Emmy nominations and Oscar nominations. <laughs> I mean, normally yeah, exactly. normally that doesn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of double dipping, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. So yeah, Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, like they're all. I I don't know if they'll win, but like they're all deserving of that. Like yeah, their their performances sure. in that show were just mind bending. So, um, pretty amazing. Disney is creating a trophy case as we speak. <laughs> um, it also got nominated for like camera work and stuff. Yeah. We talked about that quite a bit on our show when we, after we watched the making of WandaVision, like um, just watching uh, how they did like single camera uh, sets and stuff mm-hmm. like that to make it look like it was in the fifties and sixties. Um, you know, uh, well, we had Jerry on to talk about that um, mm-hmm. uh, back when we were doing that show. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of the the stuff I think is award worthy and we'll see how many they take home, but they're nominated for a lot. So yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, well let's go ahead and, and jump into, uh, the review for today. So we're covering the Loki finale. Uh, again, I'm going to say it one more time. We are doing full spoilers on the Loki finale. So if you are, I mean, we've, we're recording this a good five days or so after it came out. So you've had a lot of time to watch. So we're it. not talking about the Loki premiere. No. no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you not get my email? Sorry, Phil. I'm so far behind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you've not seen the finale, if you've not seen any of Loki, just I'm watched. You just binge it, like in like what five hours, five or six hours. I'd say less than that. Yeah, four maybe it's six episodes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, binge it and then come back and listen to our our uh, review of it. Um. If you have not seen Loki episode six, we are going to spoil it right, right now for you. So, uh, hopefully you are okay with that. Um. Or you can hit pause and then come back. So. Um, Jerry obviously has not been with us for any of our other reviews and we'll kind of get, but I've been listening on, in just, from home. Y- yes, I'm, a, I'm a loyal subscriber. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, so yeah, he already kind of knows our thoughts. We don't know his thoughts as much. Um, <laughs> but you know, feel free to jump in on, on anything else as well. But, um, let's talk about, uh, just kind of general thoughts on the finale. Um, as far as like expectations, meeting those expectations or not meeting or, um, you know, uh, your emotional reaction to the episode, um, how you felt like it ended, like it ends, you know, in a, you know, wrap the bow kind of way, or, uh, I don't know. Uh, but let's start with you, Grant. Why don't you, why don't you jump in? Uh, yeah. I mean, was I surprised by it? Not really. Um, I feel like with us getting WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier already, I feel like I kind of expected what was going to happen. I mean, there were a couple surprises here and there, but overall, I feel like it kind of fit the blueprint that we've received in the last two. I mean, there wasn't as much action in this one as there have been in the other two finales. Um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, overall, I I was pleasantly surprised with the finale and... um as a whole, I would rank this one as the top out of the previous two shows. Yeah. I'd go Loki, WandaVision, then Falcon, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm going to have Jerry go next, but I want to re- reply just to one thing you said. This is a very quiet episode. Yeah. Like, I, there, there's a lot of, and I, I mean that literally, the, there are sometimes two or even three seconds in a row where no one is talking. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, there's a pause, there's a lull, there's a chance for you just to think about what was just said and like really process it. Like it, there's this, this show, this episode is not concerned about pacing. It, yeah. Like it just, it goes at its own pace and it's walking for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, 
that said, I don't, that, I don't think, I don't see that as a negative. I think that like it was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think to see the performance that we saw. But, then um, I feel you know. like it's the first one that we kind of didn't get like so many questions. Like I feel like Falcon, Winter Soldier, and WandaVision left us with so many questions. Yeah. With Loki, I feel like there weren't very many questions left yeah, if it, to be answered. I, I agree with you. In fact, even though I had questions at the end, it wasn't a, as long of a list. And the questions that they answered, I, I some of them I didn't think they were going to answer. So yeah. like, actually, I think we got more answers than I was and expecting. I so. feel like it's a positive side because the last two shows, literally I've had articles about un, unanswered yeah. questions. <laughs> and this one, which I haven't dug too deeply, but this one, as far as I know, doesn't have a section titled "Unanswered Questions." Yeah, uh, Jerry, jump in. Uh, what were what some of your general thoughts on, on? You can talk about the series in general, mm-hmm. or just this episode. I I thoroughly enjoyed this season, but I was really disappointed with the final episode. It, oh, okay. It to me, every episode had been ramping up. And after everything that we had in four and five, this one just felt like a letdown. You know, mm-hmm. so much of the show was Loki and Sylvie sitting down talking to He Who Remains. And it's like, what happened? Did Tom Hiddleston stunt double call in sick? And they had to, <laughs> they had to have him sit around for a couple days filming. I mean, it just, it, it felt disappointing. Now, I I loved I loved the introduction of He Who Remains, which uh, we will see him more than likely throughout Phase Four. He's going to be the main villain in the third Ant Man movie. So, uh, and we know what what his title is in that movie, and we'll get to that later here. But um, to me, the biggest reveal was at the very end when Loki goes back to the to like the catalog or the library and sees. Agent Mobius and the guard, and they don't know who he is. So it's almost like he's been wiped from the time stream, even though he still exists. And so that kind of that kind of puts Loki in a very unique position where he no longer has a track record. <laughs> he <Yeah>. can kind of <laughs> go and do whatever he wants, and no one will be expecting it. Yeah, it's a fresh start for Loki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like he went through bankruptcy and had all his debt erased. And now (laughs) time to start charging up again. Yeah. And then of course, you know that as far as what's next, whatever, um, honestly a big shocker for me, cause I I really wasn't sure they were going to do it was the official announcement in, in the after credits, mid credits or whatever of Loki season two, that they're not done telling the the story that that this started, this, that this kicked off. Now they may in season two make, go a completely different direction, but um, it, it seems like it, at, at the very least, I would expect it to pick up not too long after the events of what we just saw. Cause we have to, know, we have to have some questions answered. Like why does nobody recognize Loki? Where is he? You know, does he go back to a timeline, the main, the sacred timeline or not? Um, you know, or does he hang out in the TVA for a while? You know, mm-hmm. all those questions are going to be answered in season two. And um, I don't, I didn't see any like leaks or anything. I didn't know that season two was coming. So yeah, so that was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, boy, I I think we need to we kind of, we almost need to jump into like the biggest 
part of the of the show first, and then we can talk about okay. some other details. But I want to talk about He Who Remains because I mean he yeah. is the focus of the entire episode. Um, that we learn a lot about his he he monologues for a lot. I mean, like I would say probably a third of the episode is him yeah. just talking to them, mm-hmm. um, and he basically lines out his whole history and how he got there and all these other this war that went on and all these other um, you know copies of himself that he had to like battle and and where Eliath came from and how like that was a part of like the conquering process and how he basically has been doing all of this for his, not necessarily for his own purpose, but like he is like, I I can't tell what his agenda is, but like he is definitely the way he talks about it is I couldn't let them come back and, and you know, you know, wreak havoc anymore. Yeah. I had to basically set up the pruning of these other timelines to keep them at bay. Um, but you know, who, who knows what else is kind of going on in his minds, but um, he's introduced and killed like all in the same episode. And I, I think a lot of that was shocking too. So um, what do you guys want to talk about with um, he who remains? What do you think? Grant? Um, well, I just want to start by saying I was right. <laughs> it's, like Mandalorian season two in that finale, I was right again. And maybe I thought it was more going to be another Loki variant, but my mind went a little bit further and I was right. And I just want to say, Phil, while I was sitting on my couch watching this with Caitlin, yeah, I literally was patting myself on the back. You're the worst. <laughs> because I don't know. I don't, and I mean, you're not, to be fair, you're not right very often. So, you you know, you got to take your wins. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I mean, what a big reveal. And I mean, I wasn't even sure we were going to see the, the timekeeper. Yeah. I like, and it happens in the first five minutes of the show. He comes down that elevator and I I love Loki's line. That's why I put it in the intro. But like, he's just like, you're just, you're just a man. Yeah. Like you're just a guy in a robe. Like it, it and, and maybe that's part of what Jerry was talking about, about, about it being disappointing. I, I don't know if that's included in that or not, but it was a little bit of a letdown for me. And like, I, I was, I was like, wait, it's just a dude. Like, is this yeah. a guy? It's not even like, he doesn't have any, correct me if I'm wrong. He doesn't have, have any superpowers, right? Like he, he has the ability to know what's about to happen, but that's not mm-hmm. like a superpower that he has. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, they kind of broke the mold here because this is the first one of the three that really had like a big reveal of a new character in the finale. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess we got white vision. He's yeah. kind of, he's not really a character, but um, yeah, no, this was by far of the three shows. This is by far the biggest reveal. They are clearly setting this up for yeah. the next couple and, of years of movies. And it's finally like where we've talked about with Falcon, where soldier and WandaVision, where we didn't really go anywhere uh, for phase four of Marvel. With this one, you feel like you got a firm grasp that we're actually making progress now. And I feel like we're kind of on the train going up the hill now. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, what do you think about He Who Remains? Um, He's uh, acted by uh, Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Yes. Um, I'd first just kind of go back to what, uh, Phil was just saying. I, I might go back that final episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier with 
Sam Wilson taking over the Captain America identity, I think mm, is going to yep. be significant going forward yes. because I I think there's a good chance at some point we see a Sam Wilson Captain America movie. Okay, and I I think I that it. I think that's a very real possibility, especially with the passing of of Chadwick Boseman last year. This would allow the Marvel franchise to have a minority actor be mm. leading a, a franchise, so to speak. So I really think we will see at some point a Sam Wilson Captain America movie get announced and made. And I think the TV show served as that storyline to explain why he gets to be Captain America and why it wasn't Bucky. So... Yeah, I think the strength of that show is showing that he that he's earned it. Like he he yeah. he has the right to to wear the shield, you know. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Falcon and Winter Soldier, how the heck did Don Cheadle get an Emmy nomination for oh. two and a half minutes <laughs> that, of Showtime? Dude, I teed myself off for that, and I totally forgot about it. He okay, so so he I, the article I read said that he was in the he was in the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier for ninety five seconds, and he was nominated for like non-lead actor or whatever they call it. Um, supporting actor. Supporting actor. Thank you. Yeah. And um, by the way, Don Cheadle has had other nominations. He's like been nominated for like six Emmys or something like that. He's never won. So like all these other shows that in some cases he was in for like four seasons of a show and mm-hmm. never got, never won an Emmy. Yeah. If he freaking wins the Emmy for <laughs> supporting actor in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, again, for 95 seconds of that show, he's in it. Uh, did you see Don Cheadle's tweet that he sent out? Oh, it's so funny. He he like I mean it's it's very uh, relaxed. What he said is is not rolled cutting or anything, but he he says like you know to all the haters out there, I understand and I agree. I have no idea what what's going on here. <laughs> like even he yeah. was just like this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it uh, back in 1998, Shakespeare in Love, who the actress that played the queen, she was in the movie for like less than six minutes and she yeah. won the best supporting actress on Oscar that year. So yeah. yeah, go figure. I mean, it, he's, he's Don Cheadle and he's amazing and whatever he does. So, okay, great. But like I, and Don, I think Don Cheadle, if you're listening, would actually listen, would actually agree with what I'm about to say next, but he doesn't deserve the Emmy for this. Like give it to someone who is in, who, who made it like a meaningful role in a series. Like I, I almost wonder if this is, if this is more characteristic of the sign of the times of like where we're at, like how many shows actually released last year and had like supporting actors that are worthy of being nominated. Like I, I think the pool is so small that they're just trying to, okay, who else can we put in this pile? Um, and you know, Don Cheadle's great, but I mean, come on, he, he wasn't really in it. <laughs> and it, it may also be a case of, you know, cause generally shows submit, their personnel or specific episodes for review for consideration. So we submit this actor or this actress for lead or supporting whatever. And it may have been that the supporting actor category was pretty thin. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. It might be that they had a lot of people from one show and we're just trying to find what's another show that we could put an actor in from, you know, um, just to break it up. You know, there's some of them like, especially with like the crown where there's like four of them buying for best lead actress 
from the same show, and it's like, well, that you, generally those people split their votes as a result. So yeah. if you're not on the show, you might have a better chance of winning that category. But um, yeah, it's it, it may just be right year for Cheadle to get the nomination. So yeah. but I don't. I would be very surprised if he does win. <laughs> um, going back to Jonathan Majors. I, yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. This this is brilliant casting. I um, He's been an up-and-coming actor for the last couple of years. Um, he was most notably on uh, HBO's Lovecraft Country. Okay. Um, and Marvel... Disney has been able to lock him in to what will become the main villain over the next phase four of movies, probably into phase five of movies. Uh, he's gonna. He's already been announced as the main villain in the third Ant-Man movie, and the listing for that has him as Kane the Conqueror, which is a longtime Marvel villain dating back to 1964. He's most closely identified with the Avengers. So he who remains is just another name or title. Uh, at different times, he referred to himself as the Conqueror. A lot of times in comics, he's known as Kane the Conqueror. Okay. So um, it, was, it was a quiet introduction that if you had no real knowledge of the comics, you might just have thought that it was a really cool character. If you were a comic nerd like myself and you hear him start to talk and what he's saying and you're like, oh, my gosh, he's Kane. This is Kane. <laughs> they brought in Kane to Loki and my mind is blowing. So um, I he's a great actor. I enjoyed seeing him command the scene, um, which is really hard when you're sharing the sharing the screen with Tom Hiddleston yeah. because Tom Hiddleston is like larger than life when he gets on screen. <laughs> and the actress that played Sylvie is no slouch either. She's been holding she's her, she's been holding her own against Tom Hiddleston this entire series. And they were both overshadowed by, by he who remains. So. I, and, I mean, Owen Wilson, and then I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but the girl that plays uh, Ravona Renslayer is uh, Gugu Mbatha Ra, I think is maybe how you pronounce mm -hmm. it. She was phenomenal. Like, I, I, I was this, I'm telling you, this show is going to get nominated for a lot of, yeah. of, of awards. Like, it has, like, the show in, in its entirety has like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, th this is going to be a very highly regarded show um and to, to bring in jonathan majors for literally one episode at the very end and ha have him literally just kill it i mean yeah. he was killing it the entire episode i was like holy crap like who else are they gonna bring on like are they gonna surprise us with episode seven and then like there's some other like amazing actor that they're gonna throw in the mix like i i was i was very impressed with his performance um like you said, it was very quiet. Uh, Kang is not a quiet person, um, but this, you know, a, a rendition of Kang, if that's if that's even who he was, um, is you know very very quiet, very calm. He gets riled up and then he calms himself back down, yeah. <laughs> like you know, settles down again. So, uh, it, and again, 
earlier when I said that there's like moments of a silence where like, um, it really like Loki and Sylvia are, are, if anything, afraid to speak or are just confused by what's being told to them. And so they're not saying anything. And then sometimes he just pauses for effect and you just feel the weight of that moment. Like he, um, he was really compelling on screen. I, I just couldn't take my eyes off of him. Um, so yeah. Going back to one of our earlier topics, just I, I think the biggest difference between the Marvel movies, the MCU, and what DC's doing boils down to the casting. Yeah. Marvel has a near perfect track record, mm. uh, you know, outside of Terrence Howard from the first Iron Man movie. <laughs> they really haven't had to recast. And so uh, they they do a spot-on job of finding the right actor to play and embody the character that they want on screen. I know, especially because he's a local guy, whenever they announced Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, everyone was like, huh? What? <laughs> uh, what? What? And it was... It was natural it was perfect he embodies that that role perfectly i mean there's you can't, you can't imagine anyone else in that yeah, it's like yeah. you know you you think back um and we can blame universal on this one they cast uh ed norton as bruce banner <laughs> and that didn't work out but then once marvel studios took over with avengers and they got mark ruffalo in there you can't imagine anyone but ruffalo playing bruce banner at this point yeah yeah so. And, I mean, they just, I mean, I feel like they, like Jerry said, they just nail it every single time. And another thing that kind of got me thinking about what Jonathan Majors is, just think about when they introduced Thanos, he basically was just end credit after end credit after end mm-hmm. credit. Huh. And Jonathan Majors basically got a whole episode to introduce himself that's a great point what what an introduction to a character that we're going to see a lot over the next couple years because i mean thanos got like what like four to five end credits before we even saw him in an actual movie yeah yeah now that uh, i'm gonna throw this question to you grant um what now that we have seen this instance of let's just call him kang i i know his name is he who remains but like i mean it's strongly it's insinuated that you know that it's a version of king yeah. like from some universe um so but like we've seen this version of king but we know because he tells us i mean he tells loki and sylvie that you're not going to like the other versions yeah. of me um so like does he play a different like do are we going to see one thanos like we saw the same thanos mm-hmm. for, for all the different properties are we going to see one king through all the future stuff, or might we see like several Kings? Like, I don't know what they're going to do with the yeah. multiverse stuff, but I, I, I think, I think we're going to see very variations of Kang, mm-hmm. much, much like we saw the variations of Loki in episodes four and five. We're going to have variations of Kang depending upon the movie. And, and the, the key thing is that people will be able to recognize him and say, that's who that is. So he may look, yeah. he may be dressed different in a in another movie, but you're going to know that that's Kang from the final episode of Loki. 
So, yeah, I I mean, I would go along with what Jerry uh, is saying because I mean, I feel like Phase Four hasn't been very subtle about the multiverse. So <laughs> I feel like with Kang being a integral part of Phase Four and maybe Phase Five, I feel like maybe like two or three different types just depending on the movie. And how, if that's true, if that's what we're about to get, how fun for J- Jonathan Majors to come in and play slightly different or maybe wildly different versions of the, basically the same character um, from yeah. from different universes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that will be really fun to watch. Um, and very different. Like we, we got that Thanos already. We don't need another Thanos. Like we, we need, we need a different kind of foe that, is maybe formidable because every time you see him, he's a completely different person with different life experiences. Um, I I think that would be really fun to watch. So, and and it's about to explode. I mean, we're going to get Spider-Man. We're going to get Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Is that what it's called? Um, Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. We know what you mean. Yeah. Lots of different multiverse related properties are coming. And um, I, I think Kang will be at the center of all that. Like it'll just be fascinating to watch to see what, uh, what they do with that character. So, um, I, I read a little bit Jerry about his, I don't know if he has powers, but like his abilities, he's from the future. So like that gives him a lot of edge (laughs) on the competition, but like what what do you know about him as a character? he, He does come from the future in the comics. When he was first introduced, he was obsessed with trying to conquer the world. And basically, he would jump back in time to conquer it at a specific time era. And he always got frustrated because he would travel to the 20th century and he would never be able to conquer the 20th century because the Avengers were around or the Fantastic Four were around. Um, Where it gets convoluted, God bless Stan Lee, um, (laughs) basically over like a a year and a half, two-year period, Stan Lee introduced like three different time traveler type characters within Fantastic Four and Avengers. Mm. He had Ramatut in Fantastic Four. He had Kane in Avengers. And then he had Immortus in Avengers. And then at some point, one of the writers, whether it was Stan Lee or Roy Thomas or someone else said, what if they're all just variations of the same person? which just made the story much more convoluted than it needed to be. <laughs> and so it it goes back and forth, you know. Ramatut is like the progenitor of all of them, and Amortis is like related to Reed Richards in a convoluted way. And so, and they even throw Dr. Doom into the midst. It's, it's really hard to keep straight. And my hope is having all of that knowledge behind them, whatever they do for the MCU, they make it clean and understandable so that the average person watching the movies or the TV shows can kind of understand what's going on with the character. So, yeah, I I think their track record is that that that's exactly what they're going to do. Like I, I think I mean, to be fair, like the Thanos character could have been, could have been really like a really complicated story, um, and with complicated goals in mind. But it was really simple. He's just like, I I want to, you know, control the population of the universe. Like I'm gonna 
you know, kill off half of everybody so everyone can be happier and have more resources. Like it ended up being very simple, uh, what he wanted and what he was after. Um, so I, I think they're, he could they're have pretty snapped and just doubled the size of the universe, but you go ahead. You go <laughs> yeah. ahead. <laughs> you do you Thanos. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think they're already really good at it. I, mm-hmm. I think they know that they have limited time in the movie theater. They have people for two hours and 15 minutes or whatever it is. And they can't, go crazy with these storylines. Um, and they have a lot of characters that they want to introduce. Like we're going to see Eternals, Miss Marvel, you know, all these other new characters, Shang-Chi and others that they want to introduce. So I don't know. They, they can't really go eight different directions at once. Yeah. I think they're pretty, pretty good about being focused. So um, I think that what that means is that, and maybe this happened with Thanos as well, but like you get a, a simpler version of storylines and stuff like that. But I think from, from a lot of the, the comic book fans that I've talked to, they're okay with that. Like they know that they're, you know, 110 issue, you know, <laughs> collection of Thanos or whatever, or a, name your character is, you know, has all this variance and depth and stuff like that. And that you just, you're never going to get that in the movies, but they're just happy to see their, their favorite yeah. characters on screen. Yeah. So, so and, Jerry, I have a question for you. Shoot. Do you, do you think Kang will, leave us as down in the dumps as Thanos did after Infinity War at some point during phase four or phase five? That's a good question. I, it's going to be hard to match that. And, okay. And I mean, the the reason I say that is that Endgame had been building up for 15 movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. I don't know that they're going to have as large a ramp up with Kane as they as they had with Thanos. So, so do you think he's as ruthless as Thanos is? Uh, he definitely can be. Okay. Hmm. Um, I mean, he's he's got no. I mean, we saw in this episode, he has no problems eliminating timelines. Yeah. To get mm-hmm. what he wants. I mean, he will wipe out universes if that's what it takes to get him what he wants. Um, I was. I mean, if you te- technically speaking, if you consider all these different multiverse instances yeah. as a collection of, of separate human beings, he's, I mean, Thanos eliminated billions of people, but so is this guy. Like, he's eliminated billions of people. Yeah. So. It, it was the, I rewatched, the finale again tonight ahead of this recording. And then I started watching adventures and babysitting and I've got words to share with you. About that. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, watching he who remains and Loki go back and forth. It kept reminding me of that riddle. Everything I say is a lie. Mm. Is that true? Or is that, that itself a lie? Mm. Yeah. Excuse me. All right. Yeah, that was fun. We Grant um, and I have talked t- talked a lot about the game of chess. That that are these conversations like between Loki and Mo- Mobius and others. I think even the conversations between Loki and Sylvie sometimes get a little uh, chess chessy. Um, and so, um, yeah. But watching the two of them, like two of the biggest liars in the in the multiverse, like mm-hmm. face off across the table from each other, was riveting. <laughs> and and then when Loki was trying to convince Sylvie. He's telling the truth because a liar knows a liar. Yeah. And he knows that Cain wasn't lying at that point. 
Yeah. Yeah, when he says, uh, when he, boy, Jonathan Major's performance, when, when he's like, you know, gets, where he's like all vicious and like, you know, telling him what for, and you got to do this and, and you take my place or, or let or all, you'll see me again. Yeah. Or... Let all these devils out and stuff like that. He's getting all serious river. And all of a sudden he gets really solemn and he like looks at the table and he's, he just goes like stares off into space for like five seconds. And he's like, we just crossed the threshold. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, this is crazy. Like what they're doing with this character and like, and just taking away his powers, like, I mean, his powers, his ability to know the future, like, away from him in that moment. You could see it on his face. It was it was pretty amazing. But, but yeah, the um, watching Loki, Sylvie, and He Who Remains all kind of wrestle with their own fates. And, and he like, just gave it up willingly. Yeah. the thing mm-hmm. that got me. It was very, I think, the, I think the ending was very surprising. I, you were right about a lot of predictions, mm-hmm. but, like, as far as, um, and I don't want to take that away from you, <laughs> but like the 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 way that he just kneels and and it goes down, like it's it's a uh, it's like he's almost bored of it. I think he's ready to go. Like he's just and he says that he says like yeah. I'm I'm he's you know what he is he's Charlie in the cho- chocolate factory. He's yeah. he, he's um he's Willy Wonka. Which I mean I watched a YouTube video after that, and one of the reviewers said that. Oh really? Okay, yeah. I promise I didn't watch that. I I. I came up with that on my own, but good it job, did, Phil. It did feel like that. Like it's at the end of of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Here's my Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have all this chocolate, um, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, as a lot of people know. Um, you know, at the end of that, he he looks at Charlie and he says, "I'm done. Like I've 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 run the race. I've done all this stuff, and it's time for somebody else to take over." And when he was offering that to Loki and Sylvie, and and even saying like, "You guys can rule together. Like you can have everything you want." Um, and and you know, at one point, he's trying to offer them like a happy life in some some pick your timeline yeah and then like you know you don't remember anything that's ever happened to you but you just get to live in happiness the rest of your days like he's playing all these scenarios out for them and they're considering all of them but ultimately sylvie like just is like no like i came here to kill this guy i'm gonna do that like she doesn't she doesn't care and ultimately i love that she she is the one even though there's been a lot of talk about Loki possibly betraying her in the mm-hmm. end, it's actually the other way around that it goes down. She ends up betraying um, Loki, which I think was a very poetic ending for them. So um, I, I, I threw out a lot of stu- stuff kind of rapid fire there, but anything you guys wanted to hit on? Um, I mean, I feel like, like you said best, Loki has been, defeated by somebody i mean he's the ultimate trickster Hmm. and you never know what you're going to get um throughout the mcu universe and he just kind of gets outdone by sylvie yeah because he's he's ready to take over and essentially control the cva like he's like hey you know I, i know this guy's a dictator we don't like him we want him to go down but at the same time, we don't want to release a thousand devils into the multiverse. Like this is not going to go well for anybody. We have to control it. And so he's like, I don't agree. Like this guy needs to go, this guy needs to die. And you know, and it it just brings up like the chaos that I feel like will ensue in season two of Loki. Yeah. Yeah. She kisses him. They finally get their kiss. And then he's out the door. (laughs) She put literally pushes him. Which is like all kinds of shades of creepy. It's like you're (laughs) kissing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Only Loki can get away with that. And I love, 
uh, he who remains last words. Uh, she stabs him in the gut, and as he's gasping his last breath of air, he says, "I'll see you soon," and then dies. And just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that we, we knew we knew from the very beginning of the of the series from the first episode that this was going to be involving multiverse. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we got Miss Minutes gave us the whole rundown. It's it's all these various timelines and them cleaning and purging sacred timeline, the whole bit. But boy, the ending of this where it's just like, there's a reason for it. Like, and it's not what you think. It's not like I'm trying to create this like perfect ending at the end of time. And that that's why there has to be only one timeline. It's, it's him literally like, I am the only thing that's stopping the monsters from releasing. Yeah. And, and you can kill me if you want, but I'm telling you, that's not a good idea. And how, you know, this liar that you can't trust is telling you this. And Loki's the only one that's willing to stand up and say, I think he's actually telling the truth about this. Like, I think he's being real Mm -hmm. uh, when he talks about that. (laughs) So, um, we haven't really talked about Mobius and they're not in it very much, but, uh, Mobius and Renslayer kind of have a few moments together. And, um, Owen Wilson has been so great throughout the whole series. Mm -hmm. He really, he really, I think shines in this, in this show quite a bit. I, I, after the first two episodes, I was, I would have been perfectly, perfectly content if it was just like a buddy cop movie with Loki <laughs> and Mobius yeah. going around trying to repair the timeline. <laughs> that I would have been so much happier with that overall. But I'm, I'm glad with what we did get. But uh, just their their interaction felt so natural. Yeah, and it's it's hard to get that when you're portraying these characters. So um, I was glad to, I was glad once we found out that agent Mobius hadn't been completely pruned away. Um, You know, with, when a show, when we've got a show like Loki, we know that you're not going to kill Loki. He's, he's, (laughs) he's got to come out of it alive. So I was worried at first there in episode four, when agent Mobius got pruned, it's like, Oh, that could really happen. Yeah. He could be gone. And then when he did show up later, it's like, whew. And when we did see Loki get pruned, it's like, all right, that's just the next step. We know everyone's okay. They're just somewhere else. So yeah. as it turned out to be. So I think the, the big reveal in this episode about Renslayer was that um we actually saw her like as a regular human, like in mm-hmm. Ohio in twenty eighteen. She's just uh, what was she, like a principal or something? I can't remember. Or a teacher. Okay, she's yeah. working in some kind of school, and we we actually see her like. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if we actually see it, but it's insinu- heavily insinuated that like this she's is where very end as well. Yeah, and this is like the life that she was living before, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, and then the way that she leaves their interaction, their brief interaction together, is her saying that she's going in search of truth, whatever that means. Like she, you know, her past. We don't really know, like it's very interesting to me that she doesn't, she's in search of truth, but she didn't go after the timekeeper. Like she's yeah. going in a different direction than I, I feel like we kind of got a nod that she's working with Kang. Not really sure which variant of hmm. Kang she's working with. Um, but, um, Miss minutes shows up and says, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but she says he felt like this would be more helpful. Oh yeah. So I feel like I don't. I mean, I definitely think we'll see her going forward 
and not really sure what role she'll play, but I feel like it's going to be closely entwined with a version of Kang. Yeah. Uh, it There was a story making the rounds today on social media that said uh, that uh, Jonathan Majors did the voice of the three timekeepers back in episode four. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fascinating. So, that's really great. But I, I'm, I'm assuming he wasn't credited because that would have been a huge tell. Yeah. I, I think they kept that quiet. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's really fascinating. That, that, that kind of stuff makes me love Marvel production. <laughs> well, I mean, quite honestly, I, they kept Jonathan Majors a secret until the episode dropped last week. Mm, but I, yeah. I don't think there was any clue that he was going to be in it until he walks into the room there. I, there was, was Disney, Disney's got it down because with Mandalorian season two, which was filmed over a year ago, they kept the whole Luke Skywalker thing quiet. <laughs> and that never leaked until the, that episode dropped. And I think it was the same with Jonathan Majors. They, no one, because in in the in the publicity driven life that we live in right now, if word had gotten out that Jonathan Majors was in this episode, it would have been on all of the news sites. Yeah, can you imagine the fallout of that? Yeah, so that would have taken away from the the one really magical moment of this episode when he walks into the room. Yeah. Um, so, uh, kudos to to Disney for being able to to pull off these reveals in the world that we live in still. Yeah, because I I feel like with Jonathan Majors, um, like in WandaVision, we so badly wanted to see Doctor Strange in it. And there were so many articles out there saying, we're definitely going to get him. And I feel like there were a lot of articles about Kang that people thought we're definitely going to get him. But you honestly think those people writing those articles, they're just like, there's no way we're going to get Kang. Yeah. Yeah. We, we mentioned Kang on this show. Like I think it was in the last episode when we were talking to Rick Ives. It's like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be Kang. But I, I don't think any of us were willing to like yeah. put like a hundred bucks on it. I don't it. We're think just anybody like, oh. would double down in <laughs> Vegas on that. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what that's what's great. Like to Jerry's point, like that's that's what's great about what Marvel's doing. We I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the last episode yet, Jerry, but we had Rick Ives on mm-hmm. who works at Marvel. He does a lot of stuff not with Marvel too, and he he um, because of his own NDA that he signed, there were certain things that he couldn't talk to us about. But yeah. like one thing he talked about on the show is like he he thought the the um, the scene with the the fake timekeepers was the final scene in episode six because they weren't they weren't even he's an employee and they're not even telling him what this scene is means like what it's about and he literally had no idea what was going (laughs) to happen in five or six yeah that tells you how much Mm -hmm. under wraps this stuff is like even the people working on it so that's editing footage has no idea the context for what they're what they're even looking at. So I obviously like the main editor probably did, but like, you know, he, as an assistant editor, he wasn't given that information. So they, I, I think they keep everything on a need to know basis there. Yeah. And, and I, I think it was probably one of those that there were 
the, the only people that got a copy of the script for that day were the ones involved, and they probably had to sign a separate NDA just for that working that one day. So, yeah, it's it's just like I I would just love to be like a fly on the wall when they're just like, whoa, wait, we're gonna do what on this episode, or we're gonna do what in this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one last maybe last question if you guys have other things you want to talk about that's fine too um what what's next for sylvie what, what like where i'm assuming we might see her in season two but i have no idea what other they telegraphed other characters future i think pretty well like we we saw mobius at the end we saw loki at the end you know renslayer went off to in search of truth whatever that we don't know exactly what that means mm-hmm. but we know she's headed in a direction sylvie is like that one character where i was just like I don't know what they're going to do with her. Like, the, I, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time we see her is when she pulls the knife out of his gut, right? Like, she kills him, and then it fades to black and goes off, and then yeah. we never see her again. Mm-hmm. So, is she the new timekeeper? Is there no TVA? Let, like, no one's running the ship anymore, and she goes off. Yeah, back to her timeline. I don't. I have no uh, idea what's next for her. I, you know, it was funny. One of the one of the rumors early on is that it was a variant Loki running the TVA. <laughs> and really that's kind of where we're at now with Sylvie, at least for now appears to be in a position of authority over the TVA. I almost wonder if she does become like the new CEO of, of the TVA basically, but doesn't care about pruning. And in fact, like just pulls the, like pulls the hood off of everything and just yeah. says like, all right, everybody, here's what's really going on here. And guess what? We're not going to prune anymore. And all of you are out of a job. Go back to your timelines. Like <laughs> I, I could see her like literally just coming in and just dismantling everything um, in season two. So it'd be very interesting to see where they go. Cause I mean, we already kind of talked about her, like the act, the actress that plays her is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's so good. And like, just to, like make her absent from the season two. I think that's a big mistake. Like I think people want to see more Sylvie in yeah. season two. And so. It's kind of a, also a question is Sylvie only going to be a Loki show character or are we going to get her outside of this with yeah. this so-called authority that she has now? I, I think it may come down to how much they want to involve her in the Kang fight, like yeah. the fight against Kang. Like, is it, every version of this character that she hates and wants to see die, or is she pretty much done with the fight now that she, yeah. she had her blood. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, this was, boy, this was, it's really hard to rank the shows for me. It really is. Cause I got mm. recency bias is like, okay, of course I love Loki right now. Um, but WandaVision was really, really compelling. Yeah. I loved the way that they shot that show. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, all these shows feel so different from each other. It's like, you know, choosing your favorite child. But Yeah, I feel like for me, it's kind of a coin flip between WandaVision and Loki. Yeah. But I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I mean, I enjoyed it. But I mean, I feel like these two are just more what I look for in a Marvel product. Yeah, there's there's one thing that one division and Loki have in common, and that that's that both of those shows brought the weird, mm-hmm. and that, like I I don't think we don't get a lot of that outside of like Guardians kind of and yeah. Doctor Strange for sure that we don't get a lot of like weird stuff in the movies. A lot of it's very safe. 
um, you know, superhero fights a bad guy and wins mm-hmm. kind of kind of movies. And so like that's what I liked about WandaVision and Loki is like they couldn't do this in the theater. Yeah, because like, I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier was very straightforward, which yeah. to Marvel's defense, they told us that that's what it was going to be from the start. But I feel like that's where Loki and WandaVision get the edge because you don't know what's going to happen. Where, as in Falcon Winter Soldier, it was very more predictable. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just my take. All, all the shows are so good, yeah. though. I, yeah. I don't even know that yeah. I can't even rank them. Falcon and Winter Soldier could have easily have been done on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Just in a, in a tighter format. Yeah. Uh, but WandaVision and Loki, I don't, I can't see how you would have put that up on the big screen and had financial success with those projects. You would have made money. You would not have made a lot of money. So yeah. I think the TV format is perfect for those projects in, in particular. Um, I, I, I haven't listened to your Black Widow episode yet, um, but I'm curious if, if we hadn't had the pandemic and everything had come out on the original schedules, Black Widow would have come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And the closing credit of Black Widow has um, Val, the, mm-hmm. the Countess, appearing with uh, the, the Pew Black Widow and kind of putting her targets on Hawkeye. And when we see her again in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we get a full introduction as to who she is. But because we saw that first, it kind of takes away her the, the significance of what they did with Black Widow. So I I just I'm I'm taking everything with a grain of salt because we're not seeing these shows in the order that they had originally planned them to be. Yeah. Um, you know, as as I recall, Hawkeye was supposed to be the first show out for Marvel. Oh wow, that's, okay. that's weird. Which I mean, I'm after watching the end credits for Black Widow, I mean I'm stoked for Hawkeye now. And yeah. Hawkeye for a long time, he's been kind of one of my favorite, like I'll call him like second tier mm-hmm. Avenger. He's yeah. always been one of my favorites, so I'm I'm stoked for that one too. Yeah. And I, I think that the thinking was <clears throat> all right, Black Widow finally gets her movie and we'll give Hawkeye his own TV show. And that gives everyone from the original Avengers movie the chance to be featured in their own project. Mm-hmm. So um I think that's where the the timeline was looking at. I mean, one division was supposed to be issued leading right up into the the second Doctor Strange movie. And that's why everyone said Doctor Strange was going to be in WandaVision. Okay. And reportedly, if you go back and watch the final episode of WandaVision now, they've changed the the closing scene where you kind of see the shadow of someone approaching the cabin where Wanda's at. Yeah, I read I read about that. I haven't actually go, gone back to watch it. Um, here's how I want to wrap up. Our, our discussion on, on Loki and, and and as we've been talking about these other shows as well, the, the three, the, the big three that we've gotten 
put yourself back back in the mindset of like last November, December of last year. We knew that these shows were coming, but we we hadn't seen we'd seen maybe like a short teaser trailer on WandaVision. And Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki were just like completely unknown. I we just just didn't know anything about those shows. And I remember being um, somewhat excited, but mostly kind of tepid on like Mm -hmm. what's about to come. Like. Okay, like, you know, honestly, the only thing I had, the only reference point I had at that point was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, well, we're going to get some side stories that don't really matter. I, I, yeah, I like these characters and they're bringing in the actual actors to play them and everything like that. But it's not really probably going to influence the MCU that much. And then like three shows later, we're like, holy crap like they have given us so much meat on the bone like it's it's unbelievable like they've changed forever maybe i'm hyperbolic when i say this but i don't think so i i really think that disney plus is showing the world what can be done in in the tv realm of entertainment like they're breaking rules that you don't break and going further with stories and bringing impact to a larger universe that i just don't think has been done i i think for all of my life at least i'm 41 all of my life tv has been very safe like just we gotta sell commercials we gotta tell a story and bring people back to sell more commercials and and just i mean disney plus is just not doing that like they're just like we're gonna give them exactly the amount of episodes six episodes is fine we don't need 24 and just just give them a a really compelling story that's going to set up future movies and we've done our job and it's been amazing i i've been i've been pleasantly surprised by everything we've gotten this year and we're only halfway through the year yeah to go back and like our time machine which i believe this is the last time we had jerry on was the first i think we did the first three episodes of wandavision WandaVision. yeah and i remember saying that night which I think it was back in January where I was like those first two episodes, they were, and I know Jerry absolutely <laughs> loved those first two episodes. Yeah. And I was just like, came away. Like if this is what it's going to be, it's going to be a very, very long time for me watching these shows. But I think then, you even indicated that you might not even finish the series. <laughs> yeah. If it kept along that way. Yeah. So, so I mean, just to, from what they've done from then on and like i mean going back and probably watching those first two episodes of wandavision now that we've seen everything i mean it's just been gold yeah and like kevin feige that i mean it's been quite the ride yeah that i did not think i was going to go on he's the king of the castle man like everyone at disney is looking at kevin yeah right now um he's he's really showing he's showing the world like any studio how it's how it's done um, so it's impressive what they're doing. And these shows have been just a total highlight of my year. I, I, I get, I've been more excited for these shows than even movies that are coming out. Um, there's just, there's so much really good stuff. So, and, and the fact that we're getting all this for like our seven ninety nine a month is like, it's just an embarrassment of riches. So, and we're only halfway through the year. Yeah. There's a lot more to come. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's, uh, we'll kind of wrap a bow on, on Loki. Um, before we get into like, what else have we been watching? I want to quiz because it, we may not have Jerry on again for a while, but, uh, what are your, Jerry, what, what are your expectations for what if we, we talked a little bit on, on last week's episode, which I, I know you haven't <laughs> listened to uh, yet, but like, um, we shared our, our thoughts on it a little bit. And I, I mean, just to kind of break you into like what we were talking about, mm-hmm. I think we were like, 
pleasantly surprised. I, I think we we're definitely intrigued. Um, we also were a little uh, not hesitant. Is kind the right of word, unsure, unsure of like what we're even going to get. Like, are these going to be like twelve minute episodes, or are they going to be thirty minute episodes? We we don't really know the nature of it. What, what's what are kind of your expectations for what's coming next? Um, basically, what if is telling is just taking the characters and concepts that you're familiar with and turning everything 90 degrees so you see it at a different point of view. And it was a it was a concept created by Marvel back in 1977 uh, where you would just take different stories and, you know, what if Gwen Stacy had not died when she was thrown from the bridge? Or uh, what if the... Avengers had never formed or, you know, telling stories along that lines. And so I think what they're able to do is they've, they've got a project here with what if it's an animated series, but because it's animated, you can still bring in your top talent to do the voices case in point. The last thing that Chadwick Boseman did for Marvel was, um, dialogue for one of these what if episodes coming up yeah. um so you can bring in chris evans or chris hemsworth or anyone else with the name of chris and have <laughs> them record lines and it it just adds to the authenticity of the project so um i i say just go in with an open mind and just i mean you're you're not invested in any of this beyond the characters. The the stories are not going to have any lasting impact. They're nothing that we see is going in what if, nothing that we see there is going to impact any of the movies going forward or yeah. any of the other shows on on Disney Plus. It's just something different using familiar characters and concepts. And, so. and if that's what we get, I think I'm okay. I, I really am. Like I, uh, it's not gonna like you said. It's not gonna have the lasting impact that these other shows are are clearly gonna have. But I mean, we have a, a black Captain America now. We have a new big bad. Like th- these are big, you know, big steps into the mm-hmm. universe that they're taking. And what if this is just not gonna have that? So I think setting your expectations at that level, I think will help. And then. Honestly, like I'm kind of ready for a break. <laughs> like we've gotten, we've been 80 miles an hour for the last six months. So I, I'm, if they do a series that's just kind of like, hey, let's just have fun and tell some crazy stories, and then just move on with our lives and go on to some other stuff. Like I'm actually okay with that. And uh, I haven't watched a, a animated Marvel property in a long time, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not like, I just, I know what we're up. I have a feeling of what we're about to get. And so I'm trying not to get like overhyped for it, but I, I am pretty excited about Chadwick Boseman's voice um, coming back just literally from the grave. Like we've been missing him for so long and we finally get to hear him again. So I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm just checking out IMDB here as you're talking about it. They only have uh, a little bit of in- info for episode one of season one. And it's basically what if Peggy Carter had become Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. Yeah, so I think, it's, I think it, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's just something completely different. And it it helps keep these characters in circulation. I mean, we you know, Peggy Carter character has 
uh, been passed along and we've had our funeral and all of that. Mm. But this is a way to kind of go back and remind everyone, hey, we've got this really cool character. And just because she's dead in the in the cinema universe doesn't mean that we still can't use her elsewhere. Yeah. So, so is there a topic you're hoping that they cover in this show, Jerry? Um, I would love to see if they actually did a true what if and like took a story from one of the movies and took it in a different direction. Hmm. And I mean, that's that, that was the true concept of Marvel where you take one single panel Mm. and go the opposite way from where it went in the original story. So, you know, find, find a movie, you know, um, you know, maybe something like from, um, gosh, I don't, where would you even use that? You know, maybe, maybe something like with civil war, maybe captain America's side or captain America doesn't win the civil war. Maybe it's more Iron Man winning it or vice yeah. versa. I mean, you cool. know, do something different, break it up, um, tell it from a different point of view. I mean, we saw the that whole movie from Captain America's point of view. What if we saw it from Iron Man's point of view? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just going to be, I think they're going to be really fun talk, talking points. Like we were talking about the nature of our reviews on this show. Like, are we going to cover every episode? And we, uh, to be honest, we can't answer that question right now because we don't really know what we're going to get. I mean, if they're going to be eight minutes or whatever, we may not have a whole, whole lot to say. If they're 28 minutes and there's like some really cool, like, oh my gosh, can you believe what they did with Peggy or, you know, yeah. Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman or whatever? It's like, yeah. like, I think there could be a lot to talk about. So it just, we won't know until we get the first episode. But My, my guess is you might just be better off waiting until the series is done yeah. and just focusing an episode on the entire one. Yeah, like favorite the entire moments. first season. Um, that would just be my suggestion, based upon what we're seeing. And it's it's not like you guys hurt for a lack of topics. You've got an entire streaming service of movies and TV shows that you can focus on. So, yeah. Now let's let's go into that. Uh, we'll transition there. Um, Jerry, have you been watching anything? You know, like nostalgic, like anything that you know, from your youth or whatever. Anything that... we haven't covered or anything like that. Well, you did, you did besmirch the, the fine movie that is Adventures in Babysitting in the 1980s. <laughs> uh, and I, I had to pull over to the side of the road when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade that way. That, that, that is a very good movie. And I think if you sat down and watched it, with your significant others, if you watch it with your kids, I think you will enjoy it. It's, uh, uh, I, uh, we, just, so Grant and I talked about this and we, we yeah. thought, we thought it actually might be really funny to do like a, like a legit episode of our show about yeah. adventures and babysitting just cause yeah. I, I'm telling you, I don't think that I've seen it. I, I have not seen it for I, sure. Yeah. I mean, it came out before you were born, but like, it, it came out during my lifetime when I was a kid. And I, I think, as I said on that episode, I had a lot of friends that did watch it. Um, but I think I'm, and I'm Jerry, I'm not throwing shade. I, <laughs> all, I think, I think all of them were girls. And so I just, I, in my mind, you know how a young boy's mind works is like, Oh, that's a girl's movie. And I, for all I know, I would actually really love it. I just, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is in it, plays a version of Thor. So okay. it's almost like a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll be quite honest and admit I had a big crush on Elizabeth Shue in the 1980s. Yeah. I was As I'm sure a the lot perfect age. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I've, I've watched it. It just recently came on uh, Disney+. Plus. It had been on HBO Max earlier this year, and that's, that's where I last watched that until I started watching it. It opens with The Crystals, uh, Then He Kissed Me, which is like one of my favorite songs. And, oh, yeah. uh, it's like the second greatest cinema use of that song behind <laughs> Goodfellas. And, um, yeah, it's just it's a fun movie. And I I will say I, I started to pull it up earlier and I accidentally clicked the wrong one. They did like a remake or a redo <laughs> Disney Channel version. I oh. pulled up that one. It's like, oh, that's not Elizabeth Shue. Where's the back button? Back button? <laughs> we yeah, are going to stop watching that one. Because they just did that like two or three years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So um, I... I I, I did see that the, it's directed by Chris Columbus, who gave us yeah. like the first couple of Harry Potter movies. Home and, Alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this uh, this so, was Columbus's <laughs> first film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He had never directed before. He he did Home Alone, but that was uh, his third film. So, yeah. yeah. I am intrigued now. <laughs> so, what do we, so what do I know? I, you know, it's Chris Columbus. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Pencil it into your schedule. I will come back and I will talk all things AIB with you. <laughs> so I, I yet you, you got me at Elizabeth's shoe. We'll put it, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So. I, I think I mentioned that on that episode that it wasn't necessarily such, so much of a crush for me. I, I was a little too young for her uh, when this movie came out, but, um, but what, like watching, um, other movies that she's been in, I'm talking about um, Max the Future and all that, but like, um, like I, I she is gorgeous, and um, yeah, I, I'm sure she's really great in this movie, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah, the 2016 remake is what I'm, is what I'm seeing, uh, is what they redid it. So, yeah, just pass, pass, pass on that one. So that one's also on Disney Plus. They have both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's not confusing. So, yeah. So. Okay. And well, you were she, you were very. She confused. just she just recently uh, was in the most recent season of of Cobra Kai, and oh, okay. it's just it's yeah, she's huh. it. So guilty well, pleasure. I, I would like to watch it. Um, right. Well, surely you've convinced it, me. Surely it will be better than Phil's choice of the Rocketeer. Okay, you need to let that <laughs> one go. I've only seen that movie once in the theaters, and even at that. Because, and again, I'm dating myself because I'm old and I could see that in the theaters. Someone in the projection room messed up the order of the reels. And so we saw the ending of the movie before we saw the middle. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is is a story of its time for sure. I I don't think that would happen nowadays. No. (laughs) It is impossible for it to happen these days. Wow. That's really funny. Um, I would actually be kind of upset <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> Imagine watching like the final scene of like Endgame <laughs> before like everything that comes before it. <laughs> Aven- yeah. Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. 
Uh, yeah, uh, the Rocketeer does not hold up, in my opinion. But Adventures in Babysitting probably does. We'll see. So, you were very kind to me on that tirade, uh, Jerry. <laughs> I'm glad you came on to, to defend the the honor uh, that Absolutely. is <laughs> Adventures in AIB, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Those in the know. <laughs> um, uh, Grant, we haven't uh, let you talk in a little bit. What, have you been watching anything on Disney Plus recently? Uh, let's see. I don't think I have been. Um, we. I don't think we've watched much TV recently, so yeah. I haven't watched much on uh, Disney Plus. Um, we watched the new Space Jam, which that's HBO Max, but we okay. went to theaters to see that. Um, okay. But other than that, um, and I don't know how much Disney Plus I'll watch in days to come because, I mean, we're like five days away from the Olympics, which, I mean, the Olympics are yeah. something that just definitely, mm-hmm. like, takes my attention for those three weeks. So, yeah. I don't know how much I'll watch Disney Plus-wise because... I mean, for like Caitlin and I, every like two years, the Olympics are just amazing. Yeah, you guys are pretty glued to the Olympics. I I don't know a lot of people that get into it as much as you guys do. Yeah. Like, um, and I like that's awesome. I respect that. Like, Jessica's actually wanting to watch some of it with Jordan. Just uh, it's just it's like there there are sports, you know, athletic things happening yeah. in the Olympics that she's never seen before. So like, you know, she wants to introduce her to all these like some summer yeah. Olympic events. And so they're talking about watching it um, quite a bit, but like it always happens while, while I'm at work and you have mm-hmm. the summer off and stuff like that. It's just, it's hard for me to watch it at all. Um, but yeah, I, I know you guys are excited. For and that. Like, I, Go ahead, Jerry. Uh, I was just going to say, it's going to be a very different viewing experience this year with no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, I don't, I hope they don't try to pipe in the artificial sounds like they did. Yeah, with some of the other sporting sure. events last year, but it it just it makes it hard to really get into the event when you don't hear the sound of the crowd behind mm-hmm. it building up or reacting to things going on. So, so, so much of the what makes the Olympics exciting. It, this isn't going to blow anyone's mind when I say it, but like it, it's it's about the the convergence of nations. Uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, nation fans from all nations coming together to root for their country. And boy, that's just going to be absent this year. It's going to be super weird. And I mean, we literally have probably, um, the greatest female gymnast of all time, Simone Biles. And I mean, it just won't be the same (laughs) watching her nail one of her moves without the crowd noise. Yeah. The crowd, the crowd would go nuts for her and we're just, that's just not gonna be there. It's going to be silent. But I mean, I mean, there's so many exciting, like even like leading up, like with the trials and stuff, like Caitlin and I watched water polo and Caitlin was like, this is, why are you watching water polo? And I'm like, you have not lived until you've watched a U.S. water polo match. And she, by the end of it, she actually was pretty interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is the best of the best, right? Like, it's literally yeah. the world's best athletes. So it's it's intriguing just from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. So so you will not be watching very much Disney Plus over the next yeah. week or two. 
Um, well, and I, I think across the board, you're you're going to find that a lot of a lot of the streaming sites and stuff, they're not going to be pushing much new content mm-hmm. out there. I mean, I think there's it, there's a clear break between the end of Loki and the start of What If, yeah, because of the Olympics. Yeah, and, that's a good point. Uh, you know that obviously, if you're watching. You know, network TV, NBC is going to take over all Olympic coverage all the time. And, yeah, because NBC is done after this week. Yeah, and then all the other networks, it's just going to be solid reruns mm-hmm. unless you're watching Big Brother on CBS <laughs> just because they they can't go up against it. They can't yeah. beat those numbers. So That's a good point. No need to, to waste new original programming against something that everyone's going to be watching. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be sad with, because Michael Phelps has always been one of my favorite Olympians and it'll be sad not having him, but I'm sure there'll be somebody that um, will just blow us away. And I mean, really feel that pride. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately, I I think what I, the the biggest thing I get out of the Olympics is like, um, Pride, pride in my country. Like, yeah. you know, see my country succeed. It's and, just who's going to have that moment next. Yeah. Um, well, as far as what I've been watching, um, really, I only watch Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars. <laughs> Holy cow. I can't believe I made that mistake. You watch Star Trek now? That, Phil? You'll never let me live that down. Um, <laughs> Star Wars, the bad batch. Um, uh, the show's ramping up. You can tell that the, like there's some energy in the show now and it's, it's starting to get back to like some of the core characters that I think made the first several episodes great. So I, I'm, I'm anticipating some pretty good things for the next four, uh, the last four episodes that we're about to get. So uh, the last couple episodes ha- have been pretty cool. Um, for uh, if you're, if you're a fan of the rebels uh, show, because uh, one of the main characters in that show, uh, you get to see her as like a child in the last couple episodes. So um, that's been really fun to watch, but um, I'm excited for the next, the last four. I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, and then I uh, continue to watch Monsters at Work. It continues to be meh. It's. it's I, I haven't watched it's, this week's episode. It's still, it's not funny still. Um, there were, I think, maybe a few more chuckles in this episode than the first two, <coughs> but um, it, uh, Jordan watched, has watched every episode twice. So she likes it, but I, I don't know. I, I will continue to watch it. I'm just not, um, not a fan. So, um, newsflash, you may not be the target audience. <laughs> I know <sure>. I'm not. <laughs> that's clear. Uh, that is for sure. So, um, but yeah, it is more Monsters Inc. If you're interested in that. Um, uh, Jerry, uh, did we, I don't think we've asked you what, you what you've been watching recently on Disney Plus. Anything you wanted to, to share with people? Just, I've just been watching Loki. Uh, yeah. Much like you guys, I was on vacation at the start of the month and, um, we, we went and saw, uh, Black Widow the Thursday night of mm-hmm. the opening weekend at a theater down in Galveston, Texas. So, um, it was just, I, I, I purchased the premiere. I've watched it like three times since then at home on, on it. But <laughs> when we were out and about, it's like, oh, let's just go see it at the theater. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I haven't, haven't been watching a lot. I will say. I'm not a huge fan of the Olympics, so I probably will be watching more <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. I, I think so, I, will. I, I think I will too. I, there's some some older shows I want to catch up on, and yeah, um, 
Yeah. I, I've really been meaning to, to check out that um, uh, Benedict uh, Society. I <laughs> Secret Benedict Society. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued by that show. I might, I might try to pick that up this week. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's some good stuff coming out. Um, let, that's a great transition into our last segment, which was coming out on, on Disney Plus this week. So, uh, this is for we had to include Wednesdays now. So, uh, this is for Wednesday, July twenty first, and Friday, July twenty third. I'll do the Wednesday first. Um, so, Monsters at, at Work episode four. I, Jordan keeps asking me, like, she's like, when does the next episode come out? When's it? So, like, she she's gonna be really excited to watch that when it comes out on Wednesday. Um, there's I've seen this advertised actually on the on the internet, like on Google and stuff like that recently. But, um, there's a, uh, I guess it's like a, a documentary type thing called behind the attraction. I, I am so stoked for that. Okay. I figured you would be, you guys love Disney parks. Oh yeah. Um, it, it says peek beyond, beyond the magic of Disney parks to discover what's behind the attraction. Um, let's see, uh, explore how Imagineers, that's what they call it. People mm-hmm. that like create these parks. Mm-hmm filled the haunted mansion with 999 happy haunts how the twilight zone tower of terror transformed into guardians of the galaxy yeah. that would be really cool um mission uh breakout while def- defying gravity in the process and why space mountain took so long to launch so it's like all these like stories of disneyland and i'm assuming disney world as mm-hmm. well both the parks and and maybe paris I, I don't know if they're doing all the parks but like going all the way back to the 1950s to today like some of the like stories never before told and they're going to do one so. on jungle cruise too yeah and, i mean i'm i'm very intrigued um i grew up going to disneyland so i like i'm i'm genuinely interested to learn about star yeah. tours and like all these other things i mean maybe won't watch i think there's 10 of them maybe i won't watch all of them okay. but i'll definitely pick the ones that the attractions that i definitely love yeah we um we are I have nothing to announce because we haven't decided, but we are we are now uh, Jessica and I are now talking seriously about maybe actually taking the plunge with Jordan on on Disneyland. I know it's going to be a lot of like stroller and you know getting her to walk to the next ride and stuff like that, but um, I don't know. She really really wants to go and um, like seeing these you know Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, Jungle Cruise. These were the rides that made up my childhood yeah. when I was growing up in in Disneyland. And so like watching I know I'm going to lo- love the nostalgia of these of seeing these old footage of like rides and stuff like that. It's going to be awesome to watch. But I I almost wonder like you know would she be interested in watching like a few minutes here and there of these rides to like know the history of them before she you know potentially gets to experience them live. So we, we don't know for sure that we're going to go this year, but we were really considering it. So we'll see. So that's called uh, behind the attraction comes out on Wednesday. Uh, Turner and Hooch, the the series is, mm. is finally launching um, this Wednesday. So um, this to me feels like a little bit of like a kind of a filler, like in between Marvel kind of thing. Um, but I think it will appeal to some people. Um, it's, it's basically a sequel to the movie, the original movie with Tom Hanks and uh, stars Josh Peck as uh, Scott Turner, the the son, son right? of the Scott Turner that was his father, Tom Hanks. So um, it, it's a series. Like you'll you'll get several episodes of that. Uh, they're doing Wednesday. They're doing the making of Loki. I will absolutely tune into that. I've watched the making of all three of the other ones, uh, the the two that they've done, and those have been amazing. So um, I, I'll definitely be. I can't wait to see how they do like the. You know how they came up with the concepts for, for multiple Lokis and like all the stuff that they did in that show. So uh, that'll be fun. 
uh, Wednesday, also Wednesday, um, a show, a short, a series of shorts called Meet Spidey and His Amazing Friends. Uh, looks like a kid, a kid oriented, um, you know, Spider Man, Miles Morales, mm-hmm. Spider Gwen type of thing. And then uh, the Owl House season two, uh, episodes one through five. I think we got that show earlier this month, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, for Friday, uh, obviously more High School Musical. They're on their last couple episodes, I think. Now, I think 11 and 12 are the last two. And uh, 11 comes out this Friday, which means, Grant, you can finally binge it a week from Friday. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode 13. They're on their last four episodes. The Mysterious Benedict Society, episode six. And then more shark stuff. Yes, what everyone wants in, in the month of July is a, is a shark month. So uh, Shark Attack Files... Uh, and then, oh, is that the only shark thing? They've had like three or four every week. That's the only shark thing this week is shark, shark attack files. And then, uh, they're doing, uh, I think, yeah, this is like a documentary type thing called walking with dinosaurs. Uh, a paleontologist nephew well, maybe not. Encounters an Alexornis bird from the Cretaceous period. The bird narrates the story of dinosaurs, which existed at that time. So probably a documentary. I don't know. There, uh, there used to be a, there was a traveling show called Walking with Dinosaurs oh. that would go around to like big arenas or whatever. And I'm wondering if that might, that might really? be it, like a filmed version of that. Okay. Okay. That'd be cool. Um, is that like an older property? Like, is it like a recent thing that? Within the last five to eight years. Okay. Huh, I mean, I, I I I considered taking my son to it when it was at some point here in Kansas City, and he was of the dinosaur appreciating age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if 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 uh, you or your your kids are in, into dinosaurs, that might be worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted, another one of these uh, in Mexico. Um, and just to remind you, this is basically a show where like he's going from country to country and trying like local local cuisine and kind of like getting to know the the like the eating habits of of you know whatever populace he's in so um i think that show has been fairly successful for them uh and then um stuntman is stuntman eddie braun attempts to complete evil knievel's legendary snake river canyon rocket jump Mm. so um I, i grew up like hearing about evil knievel and watching some of his stunts on tv so um this is you know not Knievel, it's Eddie Braun, but uh, basically trying to duplicate what he did, which, I mean, Evil Knievel was insane, the, the stunts that he did. Um, you know, there's a Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. That's cool. Do they have, like, um, I, I'm sure they have, like, paraphernalia of, like, like his helmets or whatever stuff that he... Bikes, uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got it. Yep. That's, that's cool. Um. Uh, National Geographic documentary film Playing with Sharks. Okay, so there's another shark one. Um, let's see, man, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Mickey Mouse Funhouse Season 1 episode. Uh, yeah, fun, uh, Funhouse Season 1. Uh, and then probably the biggest thing that's I've mentioned um, this Friday is uh, Ice Age The Meltdown. This is... Um, is this number three? I was thinking it was in four. In series? You might be right. I think... Is four Dawn of the Dinosaurs, or is three Dawn of the Dinosaurs? I don't know. They all run together. They're all basically the same movie over and over again. Um, boy, no, it's the second. 
It's the second movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ice Age, Ice Age, The Meltdown, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ice Age, Continental Drift. I think I've only seen one and three. So I don't think I've seen two and four. Well, here you go. Here's your chance. Um, What's really interesting about these movies is, are they coming to Disney Plus out of order? Like, they've had some of the the other Ice Age movies on Disney Plus already, right? It, It may be... If there were pre-existing uh, broadcast contracts for those movies, okay. waiting yeah. for them to expire before they could be added, I just think that's that's so funny. Like how I mean, that, there's probably nothing they can do about it, but it's just so funny to me. Like when you see like, I mean, it'd be like Home Alone two coming first, and then Home Alone one coming second. It's like I don't know. I, like if you're watching stuff as it comes to the service, you know, I guess you're just watching them out of order, but. Um, yeah, I, I like those movies well enough. Like, yeah, I, I'm looking at it now. I, I'm logged into Disney Plus. Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs and Ice Age: Collision Course are already on Disney Plus, so we're getting Ice Age two after those movies have already been there. So kind of interesting. Uh, so that's it. Um, that's coming out um, of that stuff that I'm as far as like what I'm personally interested in. Um, I kind of already mentioned it, but uh, making of is always cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably watch the the um, uh, Disney Park uh, show, yeah. so yeah, I'd say that's what I'm gonna watch, and then probably try and catch up on the two episodes of Monsters at Work. Yeah, it's it's worth watching. I it's you'll never you'll never watch those episodes again. <laughs> like it's it's literally just a one off thing. I'll go back and watch the Monsters Inc. and Monsters University movies over and over yeah. and over again. There's no reason to do that with these episodes, in my opinion. Jordan would disagree. <laughs> um, Jerry, we are so honored that you came on the show today, and Thank we've you. we've kept you a long time for a long conversation. It's been a lot of fun, though. That's um, all right. Uh, tell our audience about your podcast if they're interested in. It, they've been hearing from you from this episode, and they're like, "Man, I like this Jerry, and I agree with him on a lot of his thoughts on on Marvel stuff." How could they hear more from you? As they should. <laughs> uh, I am, as we previously mentioned at the start of the show, I am one-third of the worst comic podcast ever. Uh, Our show started in the summer of 2014. After about week three, we went weekly and haven't stopped. (laughs) So uh, we just recorded episode 369 yesterday as we record this. That's that's awesome. uh, Still going strong and... um, you know, the three of us, we grew up together. We've we've known each other since seventh grade. Uh, in, out of my seven hours, I had Cullen in five of my hours, and I had John in like three of my hours. So we were all destined to become friends. And once we figured out everyone reads comics, it was like, we're done. We're done. This is it. <laughs> this is it. So uh, we get together once a week, talk movies, TV shows, comics, all the other nerdy stuff so our wives don't want to hear us talk about it anymore. We talk to <laughs> creators and we do um, interviews. And we, in a normal year, we travel to cons and help host panels and do <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, it won't be a normal year this year for Planet, but we're hoping for 2022 that we're back there and helping out with panels again. So, And it's not just Planet Comic Con. I mean, Colin is up in... Portland, Oregon, his big show up there is Rose City Comic Con. We do a lot of shows throughout the Midwest. Um, So 
please check us out, wcpever.com. Uh, that's also our Twitter and Instagram handles. Look for us, Worst Comic Podcasts Ever, on Facebook or on a normal website if anyone still uses those. <laughs> so... Um, I, I think what's what's unique about your guys' podcast is that yes, it's obviously it's about comic books, but you guys just love comic book characters in general. So you know if if there's a, a Black Widow movie or um, you know these shows that are on on Disney Plus, like you cover anything related to comic books or comic book mm-hmm. characters. It's not it's not only books. Although honestly, if you listen to their podcast, you're gonna you're gonna be interested in reading some of the books. Like it's it's gonna yeah. pique your interest, and you're gonna you're gonna want to pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a mix of new books, current books, old books, uh, just whatever, whatever interests us. I mean, we generally try to focus on the positive whenever possible. Sure. Uh, There's enough negative out there Mm -hmm. in the world already. We don't need to be adding to it. So if we read a book and we don't like it, we're probably just not going to talk about it on the podcast. We've got (laughs) other things we can talk about, better books we can talk about. so yeah, we we try to keep it a little more towards the positive, and really, it's just you're hanging out with three people that have known each other for a lot of years, and we kind of tell some jokes at each other's expense. <laughs> and uh, well, of course, we're old, so we kind of start off each segment as to what aches and pains are uh, <laughs> affecting us this week, and where the best discount is for the early bird and stuff like that. But, <laughs> um, so no, I, I would really love anyone to check us out. Uh, if there's, I, my feeling is if you, if you're listening to Disney plus, you ought to be listening to my show because we do enough TV and movie talk as well. I think there's something that you can pick up and enjoy from it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Everyone wants to know though when when you, when are you guys doing the um, adventures in babysitting episode when when will that come out on your podcast? Uh, I have been begging for that since like episode seven <laughs> back in twenty fourteen because I I keep bringing up the Thor connection and John and Colin are just not having it so maybe, maybe we keep threatening that we're going to do a Patreon someday and we haven't quite figured out what to do maybe I'd lead off with a. Adventures in Babysitting <laughs> review of a 1986 movie. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that is going to bring in the Patreon subscribers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, Jerry, we love having you on, and we will have you on again I, as well. I um, love being here. You guys are, are having so much fun. I, I get a kick out of seeing the episode drop into my queue uh, nearly every week. Summer hours, I understand. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's so funny because periodically, and, and Phil will attest, I will be listening, something will be said, I will immediately pause the podcast and instant message Phil <laughs> saying, you got this wrong. <laughs> and then within like 10 minutes, you usually kind of correct yourself. It's like, oh, I sent that message too soon. Um, so... But no, you guys are doing a great job, and uh, hopefully we can uh, connect if you guys come up for Planet Comic Con. Yes. Um, is it is it just going to be you're just coming up Saturday only like usual, or are you going to stay a little bit longer so I can take you out to dinner or something? I would love to come up Friday. I I might. Um, we'll talk we'll talk more about this after uh, yeah. finish recording. But I like I would love to come up like just 
maybe even leave early from work on Friday and go up on Friday night. I don't know if Grant will be able to do that or not. Um, And then um, I'll be there all day Saturday. We're working on press passes. We're working on trying to do a live show there, but we've been having, like I said, struggling to get that done. So, um, but at the very least, I mean, I would honestly, I, in some ways I would almost be thrilled just to go up there just to experience the con and like not have to like be on the job, so to speak. Um, for it so um but yeah i i will um i've, I've got your contact information i yeah. will I'll, I'll be in touch with you to see if we can get together for for dinner or lunch or something so yeah that works cool well thanks again man um and thank you for listening to this uh podcast if you have something you want to hear about on the show or send us your own review of something that you've watched on disney plus maybe you've got something that you want us to watch and uh and talk about uh the way to do that is to email disney plus reviews at hotmail.com and that's plus all spelled out disney plus reviews at hotmail.com speaking of lulls in the schedule with uh our next episode actually is going to be kind of a fun one we do this maybe once a year yeah. or so we want to do another top 10 episode and we decided uh, after Jerry just so lovingly talked about how they are so positive on their show. uh, We're doing uh, top 10 worst movies on Disney plus the the 10 worst things that you can watch. And and there will be some arguments. I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, there very well uh, will be. Um, We've got uh, Grant is obviously just going to give us his list. And then we have a, a couple previous guests and maybe even a host emeritus of the show giving their top tens as well so that is what we're going to do for the next episode maybe i'll put together a list real quick and send it in that would be great read it on air Uh, we would love that that'd be that'd be awesome so and we'll 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 get to tell you why you're wrong this time (laughs) bring it on bring it on i will i will be sending emails to you explaining the error of your way (laughs) so exactly (laughs) we will have Plenty of different movies, I feel like, on this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, we will talk to you more then uh, for our top tens. 